We didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. We didn't light it, but we tried to fight it. Hear all about the fight in the danger zone. Amazing stories, incredible music, terrible singing about military history. I'm Paul. Sit back and relax if you can. If you're driving, don't even think of changing stations. You know how dangerous it is to take your hands off the wheel and your eyes off the road. Gonna take it right the danger zone. People have wandered the earth over many, many centuries predicting the end of the world. The climate alarmists continue this ancient and proud tradition. So far, no one has gotten it right, not even close. But something remarkable although not as remarkable as the end of the world, happened in 1948. In that year, a country of 9.6 million square kilometres ceased to exist. What replaced it is something very, very scary. That's what I'm going to be talking about in this program. If you want to find out what on earth I'm talking about, I'll tell you. In 1948, the Chinese Communist Party, led by Mao Zedong, defeated the nationalist forces of Chiang Kai-shek. The remnants of Chiang Kai-shek's forces and followers, those that were able, retreated across the 160 kilometres of ocean to the island of Taiwan. That's an entire story in itself, but not for today. The victory of the Chinese Communist Party saw the country that up until then had been known as China, disappear entirely from the face of the earth. It was replaced by a strangely unique political party. It's a bit like when Prince stopped calling himself Prince and became the star formerly known as Prince. China became the Chinese Communist Party. Modern China doesn't have any defence forces, None at all. So I don't know what everyone is freaking out about saying that China is a threat to world peace. The Chinese Communist Party, on the other hand, has its own military, which is massive, and it's a serious threat to world peace. Everyone all over the world that has Chinese ancestry belongs, that is, is owned by the Chinese Communist Party. It's the same idea that Nazi Germany had before World War II. The Nazi party had rights to you if you were an Aryan German, no matter what country you lived in. In these programs, I'll discuss how that works for people of Chinese ancestry today and how many people of Chinese ancestry are today in a terrible position, not of their own asking because of this aggressive stance that the Chinese Communist Party is taking. You're lucky to know any of this because of the way the Chinese Communist Party is trying to secretly take over the world. You need to know that this is happening. We're not safe in the West. There are two main books that I'm using for this program. The author of both is Clive Hamilton, he was the director of the Australia Institute, a think tank, and he is currently involved in research at Charles Sturt University. 
He's written two books on the Chinese Communist Party. The first is called Silent Invasion, China's Influence in Australia. He followed that book up with the influence of the Chinese Communist Party in the world today called Hidden Hand, exposing how the Chinese Communist Party is reshaping the world. Marik Olberg is the co-author of that book. You get an idea of just how the Chinese Communist Party is interfering in the West from the preface to Hamilton's book, Silent Invasion. Before he wrote Silent Invasion, his previous books had been published by his publishers, Allen and Unwin. At first, they were going to publish this book too. Contracts had been signed. The publisher was enthusiastic about the project. It was something a lot of people were talking about in 2018 when the book was published. And a lot more people are talking about it today than they were then. When the book had been written and it was going to be sent to the typesetters, Alan and Unwin pulled the plug on the project. Hamilton says they were afraid of retaliation from Beijing or people in Australia acting on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party. That rightly caused a stir around the West. ABC Radio's Linda Mottram interviewed Professor Rory Medcalf, head of the National Security College at the Australian National University, about this. Linda began her broadcast saying, Alan and Unwin's decision to abandon publication of Clive Hamilton's book print, Silent Invasion, How China is Turning Australia into a Puppet State, may be a publishing first. It seems no other Western publisher has previously, preemptively, halted publication of a book in a Western market because of pressure from China's Communist Party. Professor Rory Medcalf, head of the National Security College at the Australian National University in Canberra, said China's leadership is determined to suppress criticism of its policies in other countries, particularly in allies of the United States and where there is a large ethnic Chinese population. In the interview, Professor Medcalf said, So there's an interesting and disturbing pattern emerging of Western publishers, which of course have commercial motivations as well as their supposed commitment to freedom of expression, beginning to cave in to pressure from the Chinese Communist Party to essentially self-censor. Now already, two very reputable academic publishers, Cambridge University Press and most recently Springer, the big German-based academic publisher, have chosen to censor the material that they release or publish in China. So you won't find any mention of, for example, the Tiananmen Square massacre, Tibet, or Falun Gong, or human rights in a lot of their publications in China in order to open or maintain the Chinese academic commercial market for their interests. Now, in the case of Cambridge, they eventually reversed that decision after an outcry from academics globally, as far as I know. Springer hasn't done so. But if the details that we read today are true and that Alan and Unwin has taken this preemptive decision 
it's possibly the first time a Western publisher has preemptively chosen to stall or edit or censor what it's doing in a Western democracy because of perceived Chinese Communist Party pressure. Now, I'm going to be explaining in detail what is happening in Australia and the rest of the world with the way the Chinese Communist Party is trying to take over. So far, by using influence, especially money, but now increasingly arming, apparently ready to wage war. China is threatening all of its neighbours and trying to coerce them into doing what it tells them to. Hamilton tells us that one publisher representing the highest values of free speech, Sandy Gregg, at Hardy Grant, took up the challenge of publishing his book. It takes no small amount of courage to go head-to-head with the Chinese Communist Party today. Do you know a lot of books you buy today in Australia are censored by the Chinese Communist Party? I'll tell you about that. If I'm buying a book and I see that it's been published by a well-known publishing house, I make assumptions that it's a balanced publication telling the truth as the author sees it anyway, uninfluenced by outside forces. In the movie The Long Kiss Goodnight, Samuel L. Jackson tells Gina Davis what happens when you make an assumption. He said you make an ass out of you and umption. Today, most Western publishers that print books with big print runs or especially illustrated books usually print them in China. China has some of the most advanced and definitely the cheapest printing in the world. Not easy to decide to print your books somewhere else and have to sell them into our price-sensitive market today when the resale price is a lot higher because you had it printed somewhere else and not in China. In 2019, an agent for Chinese printing companies, nothing happens in China that is not controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. Remember, China is no longer a country, it's a political party, and definitely not the fun kind of party. Anyway, the Chinese agent gave Australian publishing houses a list of words and topics that could not and that was compulsory, not optional, could not appear in any books that were going to be printed for them in China. This doesn't just apply to books that are going to be sold and distributed in China. It applies to books that are going to be sold in Australia or anywhere else in the world. The same deal happened with other overseas publishers. The books couldn't mention... Chinese dissidents and political figures like Xi Jinping. Books couldn't mention Free Tibet, Falun Gong or Taiwan. There were also a lot of other topics or words that couldn't be covered, like Tiananmen Square, massacre in connection with Tiananmen Square. When Allen and Unwin were warned off publishing Clive Hamilton's book, about infiltration by the Chinese Communist Party into Australia, one of the fears that those publishers had was that if they printed Hamilton's book, they would be prevented from printing any of their other publications in China. 
all books printed in China do not, cannot, say anything, express any opinions or thoughts, say any words that are not approved of by the Chinese Communist Party. Every book, every magazine you read that was printed in China is censored to conform with the requirements of the Chinese Communist Party. A lot of you probably know of very distinguished scientific journals, Scientific American and Nature. Both are published by the German academic publisher Springer Nature. This publisher allowed the Chinese Communist Party to tell it which articles were published in those magazines that were not to be made available on their online publications in China. Some publishers, and it is alarmingly few, buck at this control. One that did was the Dutch publisher's Brill. They terminated an agreement to publish four journals that were going to be published in cooperation with a publisher owned by China's education department. Always, always read Chinese Communist Party because it controls everything. The problem that Brill had came about because an article was going to be published in a special edition of one of these journals called Frontiers of Literary Studies in China. The article was called Subversive Writing. It was written by Jin Lu, an associate professor at Georgia Tech. The article had been peer-reviewed and approved by the publishers in Holland. What the publishers weren't then told was that censors for the Chinese Communist Party had had the article removed. The editors for the journal finally found out about this politically sensitive deletion when they were looking at the proofs of the journal just before it was published. The editors also found that the introduction to the journal had been altered to remove any reference to the offending article. The Chinese editor-in-chief, Zhu Dongzhang, when they asked him about this, said, What did you expect? The journal had its editorial office in Beijing. These Dutch editors weren't going to put up with this. How rare today is this conduct? They contacted a member of the editorial board, a prominent professor at a prestigious US university, to tell him what was happening, expecting shock horror. His response was far more typical than theirs. He shrugged his shoulders and repeated what the editor-in-chief had already said to them. What did you expect? The editors weren't going to put up with this. They went to publishers outside China and published the journal, including the offending article and introduction. Out of curiosity, they asked around at other professional journals if they had ever had this problem with the Chinese. They found out that all of them had. All had sold out to the demands of the Chinese Communist Party. Another example is Western journals that publish maps showing the South China Sea as belonging to China. The Philippines government had challenged that claim by the Chinese in the International Court of Justice at The Hague, and they had won. That was in 2016. The court found that there is no legal basis for China to claim the South China Seas. The Chinese Communist Party is only a law-abiding international citizen when it suits it. When it doesn't suit it, they will ignore 
anything they don't like. Such lawlessness hasn't been seen in the world since Stalin and Hitler in the 1930s. You think this Chinese interference doesn't have any impact on your daily life in Australia? You think you're safe from the attention of the Chinese Communist Party in your little hidey hole? Think again. Let me give you a for instance. In 2018 in Rockhampton, the local council, in collaboration with Beef Australia, organised six life-size papier-mâché balls to be painted by the kids at the local schools as part of the biggest event that year for the Australian cattle industry. To show the cultural diversity of the kids at the schools, they were asked to paint the national flag of the country they had come from on a barramundi-shaped fish silhouette painted on the balls. One of the balls was set up along the Rockhampton Riverbank. A plaque near it read, This bull celebrates the cultural diversity of the Rockhampton community. Sisters Amber Jun Zi and Yu King Zi painted their national flags on the bull that had been left at their school. The bull that they had painted their national flag on was collected by the council on 30 April 2018 to set up on the riverbank. But something happened before the bull was put on display. The Chinese vice-consul in Brisbane contacted the council and lodged a demand that the flag painted by these two girls had to be removed. The council duly buckled to the demands of the Chinese Communist Party and painted over the girls' flag, leaving the fish as just a blue fish with no flag on it. It stuck out like bull's balls. The flags that these girls had painted on these bulls, the flag of the country that they had come from, were Taiwanese flags. Somewhere that the Chinese Communist Party doesn't want anyone to acknowledge exists, even two schoolgirls in remote Rockhampton with a population of just 80,000 people were too dangerous to let this pass. The general manager of the council, Tony Cullen, said that the flags were painted over in accordance with Australia's One China policy. But that was bull's dung. Australia's One China policy recognises that China claims Taiwan. It doesn't recognise that claim as being valid. The ABC article that covered this sad, sorry little affair said that China had around this time also pressured other Australian private companies and individuals over Taiwan. Qantas buckled. A Sydney waitress working in a Chinese restaurant was fired for referring to herself as Taiwanese. So if you think you are too insignificant for the Chinese Communist Party to draw their bead on, think again. Try drawing a Taiwanese flag and displaying it anywhere on social media. More horror about how far the Chinese Communist Party has infiltrated Australia and the rest of the world in my next program. Thanks for joining me, Paul, in The Danger Zone. If you liked this program, you will definitely love my other program, CYKIAE.